Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Loco for Fahoko, the internet's number one Simi Fahoko fan podcast. I'm Andy Gatelli. Benjamin Walker. And this is actually Boys Will Be Boys. That was just a little a little joke for the insiders. You you, you Cowboys fans that are deep in the roster who know about the uh, the legend that is Simi Fahoko. Uh, buy the jersey now before it skyrockets in value when he becomes a household name. Uh, this year we are one man short right now zach love will be joining us uh here in the next couple minutes but me and ben are going to get it popping because i'm now lame and middle-aged and have a child and have to go report to daddy duty here in a little bit so ben it's week one how you doing how you feeling we made it through the preseason yet again i'm proud of us you know the preseason's a tough it's a tough time in a diehard fan's life um i'm ready to get hurt again man yeah, well, I mean, we have plenty of reason to to have been hurt in in between recording last pods. I mean, it's so you're, yeah. you're well on the way. It's funny if you go back and you listen to our last episode. We're like, should we be worried about the offensive line? Like, you know, Tyron Smith, he never seems to make it through a full year, and then boom, like literally the day we were recording this, Tyron Smith had like I think you even make a comment about it. You're like, dude, he left practice today with an ankle injury. Yeah. And it turned out he had done some like horrific shearing of the muscle from the bone of his leg. And so he like is never playing football again, effectively. I said that to one of our friends who's a PT and he's like, that is a freak place to get that injury. Like that's just yeah. a really weird injury to to get. But of course, Tyron Smith found a way. And look, I love I love Big Tyron. That's obviously a massive blow. Um, but like that might be the I guess a few thoughts on that, but one, like it's terrible for our season Two, that we may never see Tyron Smith in a Cowboys Jersey again. Like I yeah. said that three years ago. Cause it felt like to me, his body was giving out on him. And then he had that neck surgery and back. It was like, I feel better than ever. And we were like, okay, you know, if you get 75% of Tyron, 65%, that's still great. He's still a very good left tackle. And now another horrific injury, man. I just, I know he's only 31. He's 31. It's bizarre how much older he feels. Like, oh my God, dude. Spoiler alert the Cowboys signed a much older left tackle yeah. this week uh, in Jason Peters, who's played twice as long in the National Football League as Tyron Smith has. Uh, he is the other tackle on the all decade team alongside Tyron. And. Somehow Jason Peters feels like equal in age to Tyron Smith. Like I feel mm -hmm. like, although Jason Peters' body is clearly in like better condition. I mean, he doesn't really miss games as much. Like he played 15 games last year. Yeah, I, I was very happy that they went out and made that signing. It felt needed given their O-line situation. Cause no matter what we said previously to put, to hiring getting hurt, I felt okay. But once he went down, depth is non-existent on that offensive line. Uh, so it was really required. I thought I still don't know if he's starting week one. I still think they're starting Tyler out. They there. are. Isn't that right? they, they, yeah, they said Jason Peters said he's gonna need like a week or two to like get in shape, which <laughs> I, I'll say this. Yeah. I think even if Jason Peters had been ready to go, I don't think he would have started week one. I think the front office is very devoted to the idea of seeing what they have in Tyler Smith. Like they're very much into this trial by fire idea. And I'm okay with that. 
Um, I don't think it's the end of the world. I think this gives them a lot of flexibility. Like if Tyler Smith goes out there and does good enough to where like it's not a total disaster, then Jason Peters either can play guard or he can provide like a lot of depth. Like he's already like he's already saying all the right things about like kind of sliding directly into a mentorship position for Tyler Smith. Like obviously Jason Peters has played in this league for a very long time. He's been very successful. And so offensive line is a tremendously technique driven position. And so he's already like, yeah, I'll sh I'm, you know, going to mentor this kid on and off the field. I'll show him every secret I've ever, you know, discovered about how to play this position. Well, uh, I think that's great. And then, yeah, if Tyler Smith goes out there and gets five holding penalties and, you know, looks terrible, it, it is nice to know that Jason Peters could be playing that position a week from now. Right. Yeah. I mean, he will work his way in. I think at some point, I don't think for sure. I don't think they'll go steal and Tyler Smith all season, but for week one, I mean, that's what you're going to get. So a little bit of trial by fire. I mean, that, that offensive line has now gone into what used to be a strength of this team. And we even harked on this last year when the problem started whether it was Dak kind of being hurt, Zeke being banged up, um, Dak uh, just not playing as well, or Kellen calling shitty games. Like, they all just sort of collided at one point, and one part of that was the offensive line play yep. really deteriorated. And so, to me, it's been a concern. I, I still, you know, it's funny. As I said, good teams still find ways to win with bad O-lines. That, that happens across this league. Uh, Joe Burrow was literally the most sacked quarterback in the NFL last year, and they made a Super Bowl run. I think I made that point last. And I know that's the exception, not the rule. But my point being, and, and what I hope to see, I think this is another great test for McCarthy. Last year, they did great when the L was out. They replaced him very, very well with, with Terrence Steele. And I think he's got another opportunity because in the past, we saw the, the Adrian Claiborne game is forever imprinted in dallas cowboys fans and the Jason yeah, or the chaz green or the chaz green game or I the mean, chaz green game i will remind people this game this exact game last year we were kind of having this same discussion like they were gonna have to start terrence Steele. people were very concerned people were talking about should zach martin go out to right tackle there was a lot of worry about this situation and terrence Steele played his ass off and the cowboys were in that game up until the very last questionable play so um yeah I, i'll say this ben are you familiar with a player by the name of forrest greg i am not forrest greg is a player from the 50s through 70s the the elder era of the nfl all right he's from a okay. little town called birthright texas which is in the one county over from queen city texas where jason peters is from okay now forrest greg played from 1956 to 1970 for the Green Bay Packers. And in 1971, he was pretty much like done. He had been like a three-time Super Bowl champion. He was a seven-time first-team All-Pro. He was like one of the – probably the best linemen of his day. And Tom Landry convinced him to come out of retirement and play one more year with the Dallas Cowboys in 1971, and they won the 1971 Super Bowl. So this is a sign from the universe. Oh, Jason Peters is this year's Forrest Gregg. He's the missing piece. I, I I love that. Uh, you know what? That's that's just fate right there. You can't do it any better than that. And Neighboring as counties, a, dude. Neighboring as counties. A, and as a as a 
added bonus um this really pissed off the philly faithful to oh, see man. jason peters wearing the tweets the were fucking amazing <clears throat> just mm -hmm. top tier tears of just like jeez uh like especially because like right up until the moment we signed him there was all this like man jason peters like stringing the cowboys along and refusing to sign is such an awesome eagles move he's such a great eagle fly eagles fly and then he signed and they were like i fucking hate football Bleh. i was like oh this is so good this is so so good so yes um so yeah it's gonna be interesting to see like how that all works out i'm assuming like going into this sunday's game uh you know the bucks are not without their own offensive line trouble um, no, not so at sure all. People I'm sure they're having the, this the, very similar discussion on their side of the the ball with Micah Parsons coming to town. Um, it's going to be interesting. You know, the Bucks a year ago returned; they were eight point favorites over a better Dallas team. Yeah, uh, because people were so high on the Bucks, and they were at home. But you know, the Super Bowl champions they brought back 23 of 24 starters, something like that. Uh, and they're in much different shape a year ago or a year i guess from last year <laughs> right now a year um, on yeah yes thank you uh you know their starting center ryan jensen who's a stud is done he's out for the year um you know antonio brown famously ejected himself mid mid game they did bring in julio so jones but um chris godwin is hurt i don't know if he's suiting up for week one he tore his acl about the same time michael gallup did last year um he may or may not be back for week one. They're both, which is crazy that people are progressing that quick from ACLs now. But uh, my, I was talking to my dad about it today, and he was like, I just remember being a kid and like dudes would tear their ACL at like 20 years old and never play again. Like that'd be it. <laughs> yeah. And now my, Michael Gallup tore his ACL in like the middle of last year, like the latter half of last year. And he, they're saying he's going to play. He did individual workouts today. He's going to play week two or week three. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Dude, James Robinson tore his Achilles, and he may play week one. Or they already said he's going to play week one. He tore his Achilles late in the season last year. Steroids are awesome, dude. Like, I don't <laughs> give a shit what anyone says. Steroids are fucking rad. Hell yeah, give him the HGH, man. Let him come yeah, back. Dude. Like, so the other one other comment while we're talking about kind of the personnel of the Dallas Cowboys, an interesting comment I saw today was from uh, McCarthy and Kellen Moore. Uh, asked about the utilization of Tony Pollard. They said they view Zeke and Tony both as running back one. Yeah, they called it a tandem, I saw. How Which, do you take that? Do you think we'll see true 50-50 utilization? Do you think Tony Pollard gets a bigger piece of the pie this year? So just to give you an idea from last year, uh, Zeke had 237 carries for 1,002 yards. It's 4.2 uh, per touch. He had 10 touchdowns. Um, now that's a bad year for Zeke. This would be the second best year of Saquon Barkley's career. Uh, and he would be hailed as the second or third best running back in football if he did this. So, uh, just for, for perspective's sake, Tony Pollard had 130 carries. He turned that into 719 yards, uh, 5.5 per touch. Uh, and he had two touchdowns. Um, Zeke had a long of 47. Tony had a long of 58. Tony's definitely kind of the the flash to uh, Zeke's dash, if you will. Um, For sure, so you got two, you got two good guys. One kind of on the the ascent, one who's on the way down. Uh, Zeke's kind of the big bruising back, blocking back. 
uh, at this point. Tony Pollard's kind of your do-it-all super speed guy. Um, I do think Tony's going to get a little bit of his duties eaten by the arrival of Devontae Turpin, but I'm interested to hear what you think based on both McCarthy's comments and the contract situations, et cetera. What, what do you think we see from Tony Pollard this year? Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt to me at this point he's got more to give than Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, okay. and I don't think there'll ever be a – at best it'll be 50-50, though, just based on paycheck and everything Jerry said. I mean, the position that Ezekiel Elliott holds on this team as far as his marketability and what people still think of him, I mean, he's probably the biggest name outside of Dak on this team. Him and Dak are probably, you know, 1A, 1B. And I just don't think Jerry's going to give that up by having him play less. So I know it's a McCarthy call. We're talking about Jerry, but I, I, I think that, and they like Zeke in that locker room by all accounts. He's like, he's very much so. He's a glue guy, right? Like everyone loves to play with the guy by all, all, all mentioned. So I don't think he would be bitter about anything, but I think, I think you'll see 50, 50, maybe 60, 40. I, I can't imagine they'll ever get to a point where that tips towards Pollard's favor. So whether they ever go true 1A, 1B, we'll see. I think you'll probably see – what I'd like to see is probably like, you know, 15-ish carries for Zeke a game and then 15-ish touches for Pollard and anything, yeah. whether it's 8-8. Eight, Some eight, break you know? up between, yeah, passes and catch – or passes and rushes. Um, I agree with you. I, I still stick by the idea that Tony Pollard is best used – like. I do, I'm I'm a big believer in the fact that Tony Pollard is as effective as he is because you don't give him the ball 30 times a game. Like, there's definitely a Felix Jones dimension there where like he would be less effective given more chances. And uh, Zach Love has joined us. Hey Zach, well, he heard us talking about Zeke and Pollard. He had to he had to make sure he got his sound off. Is that really what you guys are talking about? Yes. Yeah, he chose. Oh, yeah, right yeah. So so uh, just to fill you in, Zach. So today. Uh, when asked about utilization of Pollard and Zeke, uh, McCarthy and Kellen said that they're both running back one. So we're talking about like, based on that, based on kind of like the decline of Zeke, the rise of Pollard, the contract situation with Pollard, what we think is the both the ideal and what is the practical reality of what we'll see from their utilization this year. Well, that's a lot better than the previous answers they were giving earlier in the preseason. They just kept saying Zeke, Zeke, Zeke. So I'm glad they're acknowledging that uh, – he can't do it alone, but yeah, no, yeah, I think certainly 50, Jerry 50 is good. Yeah, Zeke guy. Yeah, uh, 50, that's 50 exactly good. It I don't think you'll get there though. I mean, I said that's what I think ideal. I think you'll see less than that. I, I still think I would be surprised if their touches were similar, barring a Zeke injury. I just think he'll get most of the workload, whether that's because of his status on the team or pass protection role or whatever. I was going to say, there's also plays where they're going to be, Zeke is always going to be in on pass protection downs because he's a, he's a much better blocker than Pollard is. And if Dak audibles into a run that goes to those plays go to Zeke. Now that might only happen three to five times a game, but three to five touches is a lot for a guy like Pollard. So I would love to see them get creative and have them both on the field. I know that's what they said they're going to do. And I'm not saying, I, but, Pollard you know, I watched some great highlights this morning. I watched some great highlights this morning where we did just that, and there were some really good plays last year where they ran two running backs, and, you know, you have Zeke as the lead blocker for Pollard, or, you know, you kind of run misdirection with Pollard, give it to Zeke, or vice versa, and both both of them, one, I think two good things. One is they both 
complement each other's games super well. Obviously, like Zeke's much more of a bruiser. He's much more of a he's a much more developed blocker. Pollard obviously way more explosive, way shiftier of a guy, better receiving back probably at this point in his career. Um, and the other thing is that I don't feel like there's much ego involved between the two of them. They seem to get along really well. I don't think at this point anyway we've seen any signs of like. Zeke giving that he doesn't seem to care that much about Pollard getting shine or getting touches and Pollard ha- obviously isn't like raising a huge stink about being the established number two guy in that backfield. Um, if that'll change, we don't know, but I think that's obviously what you'd want out of a, a two back tandem team like that. So that is definitely an advantage. This Cowboys backfield has uh, compared to maybe other situations where guys are maybe feel like they're more in, in more direct competition. I I said it in the last pod, and I'll say it again. I mean, to be truly a dynamic offense, I mean, they need a ton of Pollard because they only have Agreed. two game breakers and really him and CD. We'll see if Turpin gets anything more than like the Jakeem Grant once a game type of role. You know, that's kind of ceiling, but... Uh, yeah, I, I view him as like Devin Hester. Like I, I, yeah. I know Kellen Moore has like been on a one man PR campaign the last two weeks to be like he's not just a returner; he's a receiver too. That could yeah. be totally true. Yeah, we'll I haven't see. seen that yet. Um, here's the thing: if Turpin is even a very good receiver, that will impact their ability to use him in the return game, and I don't really want that. So <laughs> I'd rather him just be really like fire. It'd be great if he's a good receiver, receiver, but he probably won't be like right odds are so anyway i mean they can't just plod zeke along i mean zeke we already know the the limits he is who he is at this point in his career he's a bruiser he's gonna have some nice games he's gonna wear you down late he's gonna have some nice touchdowns and goal line runs but he's also gonna have games especially against this buck front like last year where he's gonna have like a 13 carry for 40 hard game and that's just the reality I mean, his last eight games of the year. Now, to be fair, no, neither, no one really blew up at the end of the last season. But his numbers completely say, fell off at the end of the year. They, so. And 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 not that Zeke didn't. All I'm going to say is like I I was looking at Pollard's stats today because I was looking, I was watching his highlights and stuff. And you can watch it happen to both of them, right? Like Pollard's effectiveness takes a nosedive, just like to the almost the same degree that Zeke's does, because the offensive line and Kellen's system just seem to fall apart. Um, but certainly they see like your, your hope, like Zeke did all his best work at the beginning of the year. Those are the games where he was most effective. I loved the chargers game where they were able to find a way to use both of them really effectively. Um, you know, Zeke had 71 and a touchdown. Uh, and I think Pollard had, I think Pollard had similar numbers, or I think actually that was the game where Pollard went over a hundred. I think he had like 103 big burst run that he had. Look, I would love that. I, I just think people need to. I think the casual fan still thinks that Zeke is very elite running back. And I think the, I would say more veteran fan or the fan that plays as much attention as we do knows that that hierarchy is, is probably changed. I would just tell the, those fans like, don't get your hopes up that just because you believe Tony Pollard's a better running back that he's going to get more touches. I just don't, I don't have faith that the Cowboys will do that, whether or not it's, it's even true, you know? So yeah, Zeke is Zeke is in the second tier of running backs at this point in his career. He's a top 15 guy. Um, 
I think he's capable of giving you a thousand yards and double digit touchdowns. And that's really good. It's just not worth $20 million. And that's really where the rubber meets the road. Probably now a guy like Pollard, obviously he's capable of giving you 700 yards and five touchdowns right now for next to no money. And that's really good value. The question becomes, are they going to pay Pollard? Are they going to franchise tag Pollard and see if another year that, um, I'm really interested to see what Pollard does, given that this is a contract year. I'm hoping they give him the opportunities because I think we'll get the best possible version of Pollard this year. So, well, we can do that later. We can do prop bets later if you want. I don't know what where, where you want to where do you want to go with this, Andy? Yeah. So, I mean, really, all that's on the docket is obviously we. Won't, I wanted to talk about Jason Peters, Zach. Before you got on, we talked a little bit about the Jason Peters signing, Tyron's what that means injury. for the team. Uh, I have a great, uh, I'll, uh, sorry, listeners, uh, Zach is more important than you guys, but, uh, here's yeah. a great, here's a great one, Zach. Are you familiar with a player named Forrest Gregg? No. So Forrest Gregg played for the Packers from 1956 to 1970. And he's like a 10 time all pro. He was like the Tyron Smith of his day. He retired in 1970 and then in 1971, Tom Landry convinced him to come out of retirement and play one more season of NFL football, and the Cowboys won the Super Bowl with him in 1971, their first Super Bowl. He is from a little town called Birthright, Texas, which is five minutes away from Queen City, Texas, where Jason Peters is from. Jason Peters has played for the Philadelphia Eagles for the last 20 years. He was pretty much done with football. He's now come out of retirement to play one more season with the Dallas Cowboys. So we're winning the Super Bowl is my – Wasn't he on the Bears last year, though? What For one year, yeah. He's already okay. played like 19 seasons with the Eagles, one season with the Bears, and now he's going to play for the Cowboys. I hope he retires as a Cowboy. Like, I, I hope he retires as a Cowboy. I hope he goes to the Super Hall Bowl. as a Cowboy. I hope he goes Hoisting to the, the, the Hall as a Cowboy, like wins the Super yes. Bowl and like puts the Cowboys hat on in Canton. That would be so fucking funny. Uh, yeah, we were talking about how the tweets from Eagles fans about it were just delicious. It almost makes it worth oh it. Uh, overall, um, I'm excited. It makes me feel much better about the offensive line. For Obviously, sure. he's, he's a very old man. He did really good last year. You can't really be certain when they get that old how they're going to be this Agreed. year. But overall, yeah, I'm happy with it. I'm really, really glad that we actually did something about it and didn't just say we like our guys, we're good. Agreed. Agreed. I and honestly thought there was a big chance they're going to do that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if Peters I mean, turns him down or decides he doesn't want to play football this year, like I don't think the Cowboys are going to go out and make some splash move. Otherwise, no. this was their their roll of the dice. So glad it worked. Um, but yeah, he did play well last year. Uh, he posted like a like low eighties, upper seventies blocking grade for the year. I think he gave up like three or four sacks and had like two or three penalties all season, which. Not elite, you know, all decade team numbers that you're used to seeing from Jason Peters, but this is a dude that's so much better than what you're going to get out of like Josh Ball yeah, or someone but, else that you roll out what there. Did, what did PFF say? Because that's obviously all that matters. That, that he got a 77.7 for the year of PFF. Huh. Probably no Connor Williams, but it'll do. Yeah, knowing knowing PFF, they're like Connor Williams is actually the most underrated lineman in the NFL. Like, okay, they, that cool. was the last year. <laughs> that's what last year people were saying. Dude, that guy is the biggest bum. Like, I'm sorry. I hate to, like, turn into a boomer and be, like, the eye test, the eye test. But, like, I've watched that guy. I've never seen an offensive lineman be more impactful. Like, he's individually lost, like, multiple games for this franchise. Like, if it's third and, like, three with the game on the line 
you and I, I wish I could just run to Vegas and be like, I would like to place a million dollar prop bet that a holding penalty is coming on number 52 right now. And like, I wish they would take that bet, but no Vegas casinos dumb enough to they'd be like, yeah, the odds are minus 10,000 on that. So yes, of course that's happening. Um, but yeah, I totally agree, Zach. I think um, this just, if nothing else, it just gives you like depth options and another veteran to like coach up Tyler Smith, who, has all the physical gifts in the universe and really just needs to work on technique and who can now he's got Tyron Smith and Jason Peters, the two best left tackles of the last decade to like mentor him on technique approach to the game, et cetera. So I, I, I think it's a huge win for us for sure. Oh, next up boys. I did want to touch. I kind of just wanted to go through a preview of this week and then maybe take a look forward at the schedule and, uh, Get some thoughts on games we like, games we hate, overall record, etc. Yeah, sounds good. Go for it. So obviously this week, 9-11, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are coming to Dallas. Tom Brady looking like an absolute meth head. Uh, don't know where he was for two weeks. He came. He showed back up to Bucks camp looking like he got all the plastic surgery done on his grill. It's very scary. Um, the Buccaneers are weirdly in, in a kind of a similar, we mentioned this a minute ago, but we're in a, they're in a very similar spot to where we are from an offensive line standpoint. They're missing um, some of the best offensive linemen in the NFL, not, let alone their team. Um, so the line right now I think is Bucks minus two and a half, and I've seen it as low as one and a half over the course of the week. Uh, what are you guys feeling on this game? How do you like our chances? Give me some thoughts, Ben. Let's start with you. It's a tough one. Uh, you know, we were at home Sunday night, of course, Dallas, the big ticket game. You knew, you knew they would do it. Yeah. It's two and a half is the latest I've seen. I, I get that. I really do. I, um, I think we're going to have a little bit of growing pains without, without some of the weapons and, and Mari and no Tyron, I think the offense was just going to be a little bit of a struggle, but I, at the same time, you know, I got a lot of faith in Dak to come out. He feels like there's a lot of noise that Dallas is hearing that they've taken a step back and they're worse. And I just think that that guy, I just, I just think that the world of him and his ability to take all that and shoot it back out into what we always see, right? Like just, put the whole world on his shoulders and come out and shock people. I mean, he did it last year. Everyone was asking about the ankle when he came out and threw for 400 fucking yards. I mean, he just looks ready to go. That I mean, really we, was a coming out party game for Dak Prescott. He was like, he hadn't played at all during the preseason. There was a lot of questions about that ankle, like you mentioned, and they put the game on Dak's shoulders. They could not run yeah. the ball. Uh, he went, he threw 58 times in that game for four Oh three and three touchdowns. He only took one sack. He posted 101. Point four passer rating, um, pretty goddamn great game from Dak Prescott. Like, pretty incredible. Yeah, and so I I have a lot of faith in him. Then I look at you know the defensive side of the ball is really where I'm really excited. You know, to see what they do with especially Micah Parsons. Uh, see where they move him around. You know, and and J. Ron Curse and even Anthony Barr. I just feel like DQ's got a lot of weapons. That defense was really raw last year. They took the ball away four times against Tampa Bay to kind of set that tone early. 
And I, I sort of expect a nice game, especially I think Brady. I know Brady's made a career of the last decade of people saying like, oh, he's getting too old. He's starting to show rust and he's won like four fucking Super Bowls in that stretch. But that said, like, I, I, I think once you start thinking about retirement, you're retired. That's always what people say. He had one leg out the door and he came back. He's got some shit going on. And I don't think Tom Brady needs to play preseason games. But I just feel really weird. I just feel very weird about the Bucs this year. I felt last year, you know, after winning the Super Bowl, of course, the repeat was on the table. I just don't I don't know if they're gonna be as focused week one. And you know, like I said, I, I could be very stupid and he could go out and throw for four hundred yards, but no Chris Godwin. I don't really think much of Julio at this point. So it's basically the Mike Evans show, and he had a quiet game if they can figure out how to contain him. I don't fear Leonard Fournette at all. So I don't know. I think the defense keeps this um keeps this a real low scoring. I don't think Dallas does a lot, but I'm I'm projecting kind of a low I'd I'd hit the under. You know, the under's it's fifty one is the uh the total that I see. I think it'd probably be a I'm thinking it's gonna be like a twenty one seventeen Dallas game. I like that. I agree with you on Micah. This was one of six games, only six games last year, where he did not have a sack. Um, he only registered one QB hit, which was absurdly low for him too. Um, I they think had to play Micah Parsons, at that point. Yeah, that's I think really got hurt. I think Micah has had this game circled for the entire offseason since the day they lost to the 49ers last year. He has been salivating over the chance to play against Tom Brady again. I think last year, even though he like radiates confidence, I think it was his first game in the NFL and he was like trying to just like do his assignments and like get the job done. I think Micah feels like he runs this bitch now. And I think we're going to see another level, another gear from Micah Parsons. Another thing like people keep pointing out is Brady's never lost to the Cowboys in his career. I think he's seven and oh all time, eight and oh all time, something like that. Yep. And I just think the more you tempt father time, man, all those cool <laughs> fucking records and shit that you have, you know, that starts to get that starts to get tainted, man. All the great ones hold on too long. Favre, Pagan. Um, I think we'll probably see this could be that year for Tom. That's all I'm saying. He was excellent. I know the last two years in Tampa, I was wrong when he went to Tampa. I did not think he would still be a force. He was because it looked like he was declining at the end of New England, and then he went to a team loaded with weapons, and he's been fantastic. I just think this is the year you at least start to see the the paint dry off the uh, the car. You know, I'll, I'll also say this, man. People, exterior. I think a lot of people are like anticipating a step forward from Micah Parsons. Weirdly, they everyone has decided that like Trayvon Diggs is just like not practicing. Like they've all decided that we've seen like the final form of Trayvon Diggs, and he's mm-hmm. like not going to develop any further as a player. Um, look for Trayvon Diggs to like turn in a hell of a game. On Sunday also, uh, against Mike Evans. Yes. He had a he had an interception last week or last year against Brady and his, Mike Evans bitch ass did nothing in that game. He had a, he shut down Mike Evans and he had a pick. Would not be surprised if we saw a repeat performance. And man, as much as like everyone's been on the whole like oh, you delete Instagram because everyone was talking shit. I think Diggs would love to shut people up the old fashioned way by going out and putting on a hell of a show. Uh Zach, what are, what are your thoughts on this game? I think it's our game to lose. I think nice. we definitely should be the favorites. Uh, at the same point, just to be honest, I could see us losing it. If Tom Brady is just defying age once more and our offense doesn't get off the ground, I could see that happening. I think it's going to be close sure. if that happens. I do think we're going to win. Uh, you guys kind of captured a lot. I also, just in my gut, feel like this is the year Tom Brady finally becomes an old man. Uh, 
it's just a gut and feeling, but it has to happen at some point. But I think it's going to be this time. And I think I've been thinking that this game is going to be one where I think Micah Parsons is just going to beat the shit out of Tom Brady. I'm thinking I would love that at least two sacks. Do you remember the coming out game for Tank like three years ago, like the 2017 opening week against the Giants, where like Tank had like two or three sacks, and we were just like, "Damn, is Tank Lawrence good now?" And like, yeah. dude, this could be. Obviously, we we're not at that stage with Micah where we're like, "Oh, is Micah good now?" But like, I could see this being a game where like Micah Parsons arrives as like the preeminent defensive player in There's, the NFL. Yeah. I'm saying two sacks. At least one interception by Diggs. I'm thinking we win 27-14, mainly because we keep getting – I'm going to say in 27, though, because of takeaways. We're going to get a lot of short fields. That that is my prediction. I don't have as much faith in the offense as as that. Um, That's the only thing I could see go. But I just have so much faith in this defense this week. I just – I, like I said, it would if the Bucks come out and they score 35, will I be shocked and come on this podcast and – no, but I just there's there's just I don't know. There feels like there's a lot of smoke in Tampa Bay right now, and and uncertainty. And I don't know. I feel that line's a little beat up. Like I said, no Godwin. I don't really like any of the weapons outside, unless Julio magically returns into Julio of 2018 again. You know, yeah. so I think it's going to be a low scoring game. And yeah, I mean, uh, and, and the whole Tom Brady thing. I'm I'm not even saying he's going to be. Like as bad as Peyton and Peyton's last year. By the way, he's dealing with torn quads. I do want to point that out. But I do think it's it's like he could have a step back and still it and step back to like average, right? Like NFL yeah. average. Like I don't think he's going to be just a shitty QB at any point. He's too good. But he he's gonna maybe not be what Roethlisberger was at the end of his tenure in Pittsburgh. Good but God. It, yeah, that was bad. That was rough to see. But I do think at some point he becomes more in that. Okay, this guy's kind of uh, he's no manager, longer he's driver. no longer in the Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, like how we talk about them, Josh yeah. Allen. I think he falls more into that back tier, um, which is still good enough to win football games. And anyway, that's that's I just want that on there in case somehow this ever comes out and he has another MVP ass season. But so in a, so in a shocking outcome. A podcast of Cowboy fans predict in week one that the Cowboys will be good. Never before seen. Some real this every is year, our year, baby. Some real this every is our year, year shit. This is our year, baby. Um, but you know what? This is this is my son's first year of Cowboys football. He's alive for the first time. First year of Cowboys fandom. It might it be, the be year. like us. Might break the curse. Yes, exactly, we have to dude. Win the Super Bowl when he's too young to appreciate it. Exactly. Exactly. That would be the only that the universe would only work that way. So mm-hmm. home underdogs in week one have a notoriously high hit rate. So. And dude, the Cowboys are 38 and 22 all time in week one. Like they play really well coming out week one. So now does it help that we almost always used to play the Giants week one for like half Great a decade? Time. Yeah, that's we stacked wins for like a good half a decade there. But that being said, so. We do, we do play the you Bucks. Know what, I mean, you know what it you shocked know, me at all about this game either? If you remember Rodgers last year was kind of off on planet, like it was off in Middle Earth doing a bunch of weird shit. And then the first game they lost to the Saints like 35 to three. Just looked awful. Yeah, yeah, they got greener. blasted. And everybody went out. And then, of course, he turned another MVP season. I could actually see Brady do something like that where week one, week two, it's like, oh, he's finally old. And then, oh, no, he turns it on again once he gets. 
football focused again. I just think this week one, he just feels a little off. That whole Bucs offseason, the mm-hmm. offensive line issues. I just I think he's gonna have an off game week one. I agree with you. And then in a weird mirror, so last year we played the Bucks week one, and then we had to go play like kind of the young, hot Chargers. new freshness team in the in the the LA Chargers and uh already christened Justin Herbert. Um Similar kind of pattern here. So week two, we play the Cincinnati Bengals coming off of a Super Bowl appearance, obviously led by the incomparable Joe Cool. Um, now, I'd like to spend the next two hours discussing how Joe Burrow code switches to align himself with black youth culture. Ben, what do you think? Um, all I know is that chain is icy, dog. <laughs> it's very icy. So, yeah, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. That's kind of the team, though. And I know we talked about this a little bit last week. I'm not that afraid of this team. I feel like they had the stars aligned for them a little bit like that Eagles team that won the Super Bowl. Like, I don't think we're going to see this iteration of the Bengals win 10 Super Bowls. Um, In many ways, they feel to me a lot like the Cowboys team in 2016, where it was like Dak and Zeke as rookies, and they go really far. Not like they went super far. They Obviously, they had some things go their way that didn't go ours, but everyone kind of goes, wow, like they made it, they didn't win, but who cares? They're so young, you know, they'll be back next year. And then like, it just, that's not how the NFL works. Like you really have to cash in when you make it to the show. Cause you just never know. And I just don't think the Bengals have the talent in all the right places. Like one superstar wide receiver and superstar QB does not a Super Bowl team make. And I think Micah Parsons can run roughshod over this offensive line and really this whole offense, uh, especially given that they have not really made the upgrades to the offensive line you really need to to keep Joe Burrow upright. I'll talk about it more next week, but I feel much more confident that we're going to crush the Bengals than the Bucks. I'm pretty yeah, confident we're going to beat the Bucks too. So. <laughs> And then once, once see, for me, really, like, of the first, like, this schedule, when I zoom back and look at it, it's really, like, the Bucks are the Bucks. They have Tom Brady. That's kind of a coin flippish game, but I'm confident in it. I do believe we will beat the Bengals. Every division game, like, I know we probably won't win every division game because it's the division, but we should win every division yeah, game because they're all garbage. Uh, really, it's the Rams, mm-hmm. the Packers the Vikings, maybe the Colts. And that's really it as far as like the games I'm worried about. Like our schedule is really charm and soft when you really step back and look at it. You get your free six easy mode games. You add to that, we get to play Jacksonville. We get to play Houston. We get to play uh, the Bears. We get to play the Lions. Uh, I mean, the Rams are obviously really good. They're coming off a Super Bowl win. The Bengals went to the Super Bowl. The Bucks are who they are. Um, the Vikings have a lot of really, I mean, obviously Justin Jefferson is a beast. Um, and the Colts have the best running back in the world. And if Matt Ryan can stabilize their offense a little bit, they could be really good. But man, there's only like five games this year where I'm like, man, that's going to be a really huge test Like compared to other years where I felt like half, you know, oh, the back half of the schedule is really tough here. doesn't feel like that kind of year this year. It really doesn't. This feels like, I feel like there's a really strong chance that we go into week five, we head out to Los Angeles 4-0. I think that could absolutely happen. Oh, yeah. The Rams, the first game, I think we're, actually, I think we are probably going to lose it. But yeah, 10-7 is the Are we floor, going to? Uh... Do we want to do our week by weeks then? Do yeah, let's do that. Them? 
So we all went one to zero off the books. Week two, Bengals. Y'all both just called wins. Let's uh, let me write this down so that uh, we can keep a little record of this. Okay. W W W. All right. So the Bengals. I got us with a dub there. Zach, how do you feel? Win. Ben. Loss. Ooh. Ben's just so in love with Joe Cool and Jamar, dude. It's more Jamar, but yeah. Jamar's the Dwayne Wade of the NFL to Ben. So Jamar is Des Bryant. How dare you? How (laughs) dare you? First of all, George Pickens is Des Bryant reincarnated. Okay, yeah, that's probably fair. That's probably Uh, accurate. All right, week three, Monday night football. We're playing the Giants. I wish I could get two wins for this because it's so easy. This is mortgage, mortgage the house play. I don't care what the line is. Like, absolutely throw your 401k savings, your take out a second mortgage on the home, put it on this one. This is an absolute lock of a win. Sell all your Dogecoin. (laughs) All right. Week four, uh, the Washington Commanders come to town. Win. Win. Damn, boys. We got two four no's and one three and one. All right. Then the showstopper going out to SoFi, defending Super Bowl champions, Los Angeles Rams. Zach, what do you think? My gut says loss. Okay. I want to say win. I want to say that it's just one of those games that it's just. You want to say win at every game? Well, I, I do, but for this one, it was like once it came up, it was like, ah, my gut told me upset. Like we're gonna upset the shit out of them, but honestly, no, I'll put it down as a loss. Because you know, if I, if I say we win, I am gonna say we go seventeen zero. So I think there's a lot of parallels between Sean McVay and Kellen Moore, both just offensive geniuses, great play callers, see the field before it happens. But I think this is uh the mentor still getting over on the mentee you know kellen morris just got a little bit more to learn before he can finally uh ascend sean McVay as the greatest play caller in the nfl so i'm going lost i sent ben this awesome article i saw the other day on blogging the boys which is just the most homerific shit it was like you know i found it three reasons the cowboys could go 11 and 6 this year number three brett maher makes a difference in close games Reason number two, Leighton Van Der Esch and Anthony Barr return to Pro Bowl form. Reason number one, Kellen Moore elevates his play calling to Sean McVay level. I was yeah. like, bro, if those three things happen, if Brett Maher turns into a clutch kicker, Leighton Van Der Esch and Anthony Barr both make the Pro Bowl at linebacker, and Kellen Moore becomes Sean McVay, and we lose six games with this schedule, that's a disaster. Like, yeah. <laughs> that is a disaster. I feel like just those three lists alone should be on the why the Cowboys are going to suck list. Right. Right. Just count. Okay. Yeah. I'll tell you straight up. I think we're beating the Rams at SoFi. I think the the Rams come back down to earth. They were a bunch of hired guns last year. I don't think they're really that cohesive of a team. Um, they lost Von Miller. They lost OBJ. Uh, Cooper cup is really good. I don't think he's going to have as good a season this year. I'm still not the biggest Stafford believer in the world. And I don't think you build a team like that to go compete for like multiple seasons. I think that like they did their thing last year and now they're going to, they're going to be good. Um, but I think that they will lose to a four and O Cowboys team and the Cowboys will advance to being five and O going to the link in week six to play the Philadelphia Eagles. When, 
Nice. Okay. I just feel like the we're going to have a splitting with him. Uh, yeah, I have a splitting. I think that we're going to lose. I think it'll reverse. I think. I think. Yeah. This will be the the second time. They're going to get two. I think this is the opposite. I think they're going to get Philly's going to get so juiced because it's like beat Dallas. They've circled Dallas on their calendar. We'll kind of little brother them, and then later in the year they'll finally Philly will be like, oh, actually, we might be okay. That's that is my feeling as well. I think we're going to beat the shit out of Philly week the first time around, and then they'll come to Dallas and we'll trip over our own dick and lose. Um, yeah. Week seven. Uh, this is uh, this is the game that I have a. Uh, I get to go see this game in a suite this year uh, if I decide to, because it's also the weekend of F1. So I got to really decide on this one, but we play the lions. I cannot bring myself to believe the lions will be good. So that's a dub no. for me. Hard knocks bump still yeah. lost. They're still the Chicago bears. Okay, uh, yeah. I, I am. I am a believer that Justin Fields can, can be a good can be a good quarterback. I don't think he's there yet. I don't think they've put anything around him that makes me. I mean, I've I've watched Bears fans talk about how Darnell Moody is a breakout candidate. Like, yeah, they suck. So uh I'm gonna say that uh the Bears is a win. Is that wins all across the board against the Bears? Yeah. Yeah. All right, we buy in week nine. Week 10, we go to Lambo. I have this as the first L of the year. This would be the classic Cowboys coming out of the break. All the hype in the universe have had a week to sit around and listen to their own headlines about how great they are and lay a big fat egg in Lambeau against an aging Rogers squad and let Alan Lazard look like Jerry Rice. Rogers, fuck you game to McCarthy. Win for Green Bay. Lost. I agree. All right. Man, we're just so – we are all so just – traumatized by the green bay games that we've observed uh beat them a few times but they just kick our ass in the postseason every time i know uh the next week we go to minnesota the uh the team that lost to cooper rush as they will eternally be known mortgage play cowboys win kirk cousins can't beat us he's like like one he's like one though it's the time when no one watches yeah it's 330 it's a 330 game ben He's like one and eight all time against Dallas. I'm right in that. Fair. I'm not as confident, but I also do think we're going to win. I don't really see how they could beat us. Agreed. Week 12, uh, we play the Giants at home. That's a free fucking W. I'm sorry. Until until Danny Dimes is not in the league anymore, I I will always choose us to beat the the Giants. They are a disaster. Mm -hmm. Okay, Zach's got a dub as well. Ben, what do you think? Yes, but it'll be ugly because we just have lost the ability to play good on Thanksgiving. So it'll be oh, ugly. that is the Thanksgiving Ooh. game, isn't it? Yeah, man, wouldn't it be so great to beat someone's ass on Thanksgiving? Yeah, That'd be so it nice. would. But we, we, we uh, oh, not mine. Shit, I was about to say, when's the last time we really Washington, someone's but, no, Washington kicked our ass? I think well, yeah, we mentally blocked that and swapped it around. To think of, the the Raiders 2008, game the was 2008, the penalty game. And the then, 2018 game was the one – was that the first year with Amari where he had like the 200-yard Thanksgiving game? Yeah. And we beat Washington. Washington. That was pretty rad. And yeah, then we also we, had the Bills game where Cole Beasley revenge game where he – No, that sucking ass. ass. God, that sucked. <laughs> All right. Week 13, uh, the first week of December, we played the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, we are at home, but I have this as a loss. 
Um, the Colts are weird. We've we've like dogged the Colts a couple times and also just had them like beat us before weirdly. Uh, I think that they control the tempo with Jonathan Taylor and they get this one done. Uh, I've got a loss here. I think we're going to win. Okay. No. I don't really I'm think they're going to beat us, but I, I I feel bad about having us only lose like two games all year, so I'm just trying to find <laughs> no, other losses. You gotta get I mean, last year, I didn't say we were going to be undefeated, and I stuck with that until we were. So Until <laughs> we weren't. I mean. ben, ben, what do you got? I mean, we should have been if it was for the refs. They um, cheat us out of every game we didn't win. Oh, I have some thoughts on that topic if you want to talk <laughs> um, about it. Win, Colts. Okay. We win. Week 14, we played the Houston Texans at home. This is the easiest dub. This is a JV franchise at this point. They have. I had to look up who their quarterback was recently. Austin I suddenly realized I did not remember his name. I had no idea who he was. So bad. And I read it. I was like, who the fuck was that? Davis Mills. Yeah. AKA Long Neck. Who the fuck is this? They just drafted him, which was like he was a quarterback last year, too. He doesn't have any rape accusations, so he's a step up from the last guy. That's true. That's true. Right. Then uh week fifteen. But he can he can eat <laughs> he can eat berries out of the highest branch on the tree. So <laughs> he doesn't have a straight up human giraffe, dude. He has the <laughs> longest neck in the world. Uh week fifteen, we go to Jacksonville. Um oh, man, some man. people really some people believe in this team. I do no, not. I'm not joking. Lost. You think we're okay. gonna lose to the Jacksonville? I think it's I I was I've been trying to find the one dumb game we punt, and it's either I've narrowed it down. There's there's three bad teams, and we're going to lose to one of them, and I've decided Jacksonville is it. It's, Zach, I'm, who do you got? Us, easily. Okay. I'm putting the dumb team that we lose to being the Eagles. Okay, so Zach's got a loss the next week against Philly at home. Yeah, I, I know I said no, I was going to have a win us. against the Jags. Right, right, right. But then the next week we play Philly. Oh, I have us uh, winning back losses. We lose this. I have us too. winning against the uh, Philly. Okay, I have us. I I know I said I was gonna have us lose this game against Philly. I don't. We're gonna beat Philly here too. But then we're gonna lose at Tennessee. This is no. a stupid loss. No, when I don't have any faith in Tannehill still. And then uh, Zach, what do you got against Tennessee? Uh, I have us winning. Okay. And then final week of the, the year, we play the Washington Commanders. This game will if, – if it plays out the way that we have said it will, we this game will not matter, and we might not even see Dak play. Um, I Ultimately, I think we will win the game, but it doesn't really matter. Cooper um, Rush could win this game, and he'd be the best quarterback on the field win. So that, that brings Andy to – 14 and three. God, I love it. You didn't get uh, uh, my prediction for that one. Zach, what do you got? I'll win. Okay. Uh, Zach is at 13 and four. After saying we were going to win 10 games last week, this, this fucker, once we go week to week, he's like, well, no, that really that's what happened week to week. You're like, oh yeah, 10 or 11 games. And then you look at it and you just, it's, it's tough to say we're going to lose to anybody. And then B-Dub. Is rocking with one, two, three, four. Ben, a very conservative 12 and five. <laughs> oh. Man, God, here, I'd be I'm so embarrassed I, if we I legitimately tried to not make us go 15 and two, and that the worst I could get is two is 12 and five. Hey, you know what? Here's the thing, though. If, Tam- if we beat Tampa Bay, 
the hype gets so real because we only get guys back after that. It's That's like the one that really did me in because the worst case to me, and I, I really mean absolute worst case, if we're healthy as we, we begin the year two and five. And that's when it gets scary. If we lose to Tampa, the Rams, and the Bengals, then it gets scary because those are two all and five three. or two and three, two and three. Sorry, we lose three of the first five. Yeah, two and three, and then after that, I still think we beat Philly, and then we have such. I mean, dude, we're, here's the thing. We're even if, even I was gonna say, there. even if you beat, even if you lose the exactly. first two and you're two and three, then maybe the Eagles, the Lions, the Bears, all back to back. So it's like. Before you know it, you're like, okay. Worst case, worst case, we end October at four and four, and I'd be really worried at that point. Yeah, That's absolutely. You're not a very good team if you're four and four at the end of that schedule because you've lost to every team worth a shit. That's exactly right, right? Like they have to beat, they have to go out and beat somebody that's worth something. I still think, I think Philly and us are weirdly in the same spot as far as people doubting our ability to beat good teams. Dow certainly did it a lot last year, is where we, Felt like we lost to good teams, but Philly literally went 0 and 7 against teams with a winning record. See, Philly's setting themselves up just like last year. Remember how week one they beat the shit out of Atlanta and people decided Philly was going to be really good and then they just shit the bed? Philly's going to go out and beat Detroit really bad week one. And they're going to be like, oh my God, we're so fucking good, dude. Jalen Hurts is the truth, bro. And then they get to play the Vikings, the Commanders, the Jags. So, like, they might be 3 and 1. And then they got to play at Arizona, and then they come to Dallas. So, like, I hope us and the the Cardinals just run rough shot over them. I have uh, I have the Commies and the Eagles on upset alert week one. Just That'd be that so out. great. That'd be so great. But they oh, played, boys, I hate played, I hate to play Detroit and Jacksonville. I just want everyone to remember this. Jacksonville will beat the Commies. So, boys, I hate to cut us short, but I do have to run to. Uh, fatherhood duties, but uh, this this has been uh, amazing. This is week one, boys. I know we're all ready to get hurt again. Um, it's just a short little pod to prep everyone both for our showdown with Brady for the second time in two years, and to just to give you an idea of what's ahead of you. I mean, based on these uh, these readouts, the Cowboys are about to have their best season uh, in the last ten years. So right. let's before rock we, and roll. Before we uh, quit, real quick, worst team in the league. Mm. Huh. Houston's the easy choice. Yeah, I was going to say Houston is the most devoid of talent, but I'll say this. I think Houston uh they've got a couple like guys that I think are okay that could be good on other teams like that that running back's pretty decent, Pierce. Um I think he'll he'll shock some people. They got Brandon Cooks, he's all right. The betting know, markets, dude. the betting markets think the Texans and the Falcons are the two worst, and then it's close between the Seahawks, Jaguars, and Jets. Yeah, I, I think it, it's it, it's definitely. And honestly, I forgot about that. I'm I'm going Seahawks. Now okay. that I see it, I think they play in a hard fucking division where they'll go zero and six. That's true. I after that, because at least the Texans have the advantage of playing dog Jackson. shit competition. <laughs> yeah. I'm going with the Falcons. It could be. I think they're just Zach, Zach's the new uh, Zach's new pet cat of just like Zach loves the Falcons. Zach is Zach is salving his own pain as a Cowboys fan by watching a, a, a fandom in a worse position than us by being. I like, swear well, God, we're yes. gonna we're gonna get on this pod one day and he's gonna be like, man, Ceedee Lamb. You know he 
he the way he runs routes, he kind of reminds me of Drake London. You guys know him. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. But no, yeah, let's uh, we'll, we'll go to Zach for Falcons Corner each week so we can get an update on how they're doing right. as they Everyone, try to avoid going. Oh, they suck. Everyone should get assigned one really bad the city team. Killed you have to, last you have to do a, you have to do a sixty second book report every every. <laughs> Please podcast. give me the Texans, dude. I love shitting on All Houston. Right, you can take the Texans. I'm gonna. I'm adopting Jacksonville as my shitty team. Okay, so. nice. So we're basically right. just doing the AFC South. Is like all the NFC and AFC South teams are what we're doing. All right, perfect. Uh, okay. All right, boys. Well, we'll be back, folks. Thank you so much for listening to this abbreviated Boys Will Be Boys. We will be back on uh, the beginning of next week after Week One. We'll break down the game. Uh man, I'm stoked, dude. It's week one again. We've we Excited. made it through the desert of the offseason. This is gonna be rad. So yes, we will be back. If you like what you heard and you're ready for the sixth straight year of Boys Will Be Boys action, please like, subscribe, leave a comment, shoot us a tweet. Uh Ben will be ready to uh, respond to any of your hot takes on the Twitter machine. Uh as always, this is Andy Gatelli. Benjamin Walker. Zachary Love. This has been Boys Will Be Boys. Welcome to another year. Take it easy. Mm-hmm.